Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. This is the Joe and Amber podcast. Do you think generational wealth is all it's cracked up to be? I mean, it sounds really nice in theory, Joe, but how do you know that your great, great, great grandchildren aren't complete jerks? It's not my problem. That's their problem. My great, great, great grandchildren. But if you're the one setting them up, like you're setting up generational wealth. So like you're making them rich with your hard work and like five generations from now, you know, they're a real piece of work. Yeah, that's that's all I can do. I'm not going to be worrying about what they're up to. All I can control is what I can control. And if I'm setting up generational wealth, I do have to understand that there is a famous adage out there. The first generation makes it. The second generation preserves it. The third generation squanders it. So, yeah, that's going to be their problem. They squander it. I'm going to have nothing left I can do. I'm going to be in the ground. I'm going to be toast. You're not going to be able to come to me anymore. And you know what? I would like it that way. I don't want to hear about anyone's problems after I'm gone. Well, Lamar Jackson might be in a situation to take care of his great, great, great grandchildren one day. It's part of the reason that I would imagine that he's asking for a monster contract and asking for a lot of guaranteed money. That ask, though, so far, it's a request that has not been well received or at least that they're not stepping up to the plate and paying him what he's asking for. Not the Baltimore Ravens, it appears. Maybe not anybody else either. Joe and Amber's on ESPN Radio and is also presented to you by Progressive Insurance. Drivers who switch and save with Progressive save nearly $700 on average. Call or click today and find out if they could save you hundreds on your car insurance. So we know he was hit with a non-exclusive tag. Now we've heard from Lamar Jackson himself via Twitter saying... Basically, goodbye to the fans of Baltimore. He inked essentially like a love letter to the fans of the Ravens today and then told us that he had requested a trade from Baltimore almost a month ago on March 2nd before the Ravens hit him with the non-exclusive tag. He said that he requested that trade because that franchise had not come up to what he considers his worth. And yet here we are on March 27th, and we have no idea if any other team is truly interested in Lamar Jackson because we don't know of any other offer sheets that have been given to Lamar Jackson. And certainly it appears Baltimore hasn't had to match any offers, but they are aware and they were aware that Lamar Jackson wants to play somewhere else. Or maybe this is just another tactic here, Joe, to get paid. I think it's a tactic to try to get paid, and by paid, what Lamar Jackson wants is what Deshaun Watson has. It's a fully guaranteed contract for a lot of money. The Ravens are not going to give him that contract. The big question is whether anyone else in the NFL would be willing to do so, and so far the answer appears to be no. So what's next for Jackson? Do you put yourself in a situation where you're not going to play? You're going to continue to hold out? Because Jalen Hurts, Joe Burrow, and Justin Herbert, their contracts, they are all available to sign extensions. Three star quarterbacks who are going to make a ton of money. And if they don't get what Watson got, then Lamar Jackson's going to have very little leg to stand on. So here's where this gets very interesting, in my opinion. Let's say Jalen Hurts in the next three weeks signs a big-time contract extension, and it does not involve a fully guaranteed deal like Deshaun Watson. Say it happens with Joe Burrow as well. Lamar Jackson's now going to have to realize that he's not getting that deal. 
So what does he do? I, I, this feels fractured. You tell me if I'm wrong here. This relationship is starting to feel fractured to the point where even if Jackson comes off that, that fully guaranteed contract and the Baltimore Ravens offer him the best deal, he would still, in my opinion, take less money to go elsewhere because he is done with Baltimore. That's I, where this game's really dangerous. Do you think that's true? I don't disagree with that because it feels like this has become personal. Adam Schefter, ESPN senior NFL insider, was on first take, and he said as much. They offered him two hundred million dollars last year. They offered him two fifty. You know, with one hundred and seventy-five guaranteed uh, for injury, and and he wanted a fully guaranteed contract. And so I, I don't know that money changes it with Baltimore because it has become personal between the two sides, and it certainly sounds like the relationship between the two of them has deteriorated. And there are issues. Now, Baltimore, the Ravens, I think they've taken public stances and have been fully supportive of him publicly and backed him. But when you talk to people behind the scenes, it feels like the relationship between Lamar Jackson and the Ravens has deteriorated for a while. And I don't know how much of that is tied to money. I don't know how much of that is tied to the fact that he didn't finish each of the past two seasons. I don't know exactly why it has, but clearly the relationship between them is not the same. There's something psychological about you being with the organization that you've been with and that you've done so much for and that organization not paying you what you think you're worth, even if then you go somewhere else and they also don't pay you what you think you're worth. There's something more digestible about that. I remember in Miami, we talked about this extensively when Dwayne Wade left the heat. I mean, Dwayne Wade was the heat. The heat would only offer him so much there at the end of his career and he felt like they were under undervaluing him based on everything he had done for that franchise over the preceding years. He ends up leaving, going to Chicago, then Cleveland. He ends up making, I think, even slightly less, but about what he would have made had he just stayed with the Heat in the end. And then, he, of course, he ends up back eventually with the Miami Heat before retiring. He didn't leave and end up making any more money, but he couldn't stomach the fact that that organization wasn't willing to pay him what he thought he was worth, even if nobody else also was willing to pay him that. That's what it feels like is happening here with Lamar Jackson. Jackson, where I've done so much for Baltimore. I've won an MVP here. I am this team. Look at the win-loss total when I'm not out on the field. Look at what you guys looked like this past season when I refused to play because I was, air quotes, injured in the playoffs. Look where you're going to be without me. I've given my blood, sweat, and tears to this organization, and you're not willing to come to that price tag? Now, nobody else is either. But for some reason, psychologically, it's easier to handle somewhere else than it is with that place that you've invested all that time in. Feels like every day on this show, we have some sort of conversation around Lamar Jackson, and rightfully so, it's a major story, as well as Aaron Rodgers, and rightfully so, it's a major story. What do those two situations have in common? Emotions. They're too emotional. Everybody involved on the player side in both those cases is too emotional, and it's hard. It's hard to separate the emotion because you're looking for something. You think you're valued at a certain point. You see what other guys have. You say to yourself, I'm playing better than Deshaun Watson is. You got to be kidding me. How come I can't have that deal? They don't want to understand or they can't understand that that deal is a mistake. That deal the Browns made is a mistake like just about everything else the Cleveland Browns do since they came back into existence. They are a mistake-riddled organization that screws up at every turn. It's why they never win anything. 
Try getting that through to Lamar Jackson, who's letting emotion get in the way. I'm not saying I'd be emotionless. I would absolutely get emotional about this. But the emotion is what's going to kill the business aspect of this. Keep your options open. Because if he's looking for the most possible money, I still think that's coming from Baltimore. I just think he's going to now be willing to take less to go somewhere else because he's not going to want to be with this organization anymore. Also, there's sometimes the realization, if I'm only going to make X amount of money, then maybe I do want to start anew. Because things haven't exactly worked out in Baltimore in terms of a Super Bowl or in terms of them always putting the right weapons around him either. So there's somewhat of a fracture potentially from that too, where he feels like maybe every year the magnifying glass is on him and yet the front office isn't necessarily giving him what he needs. So that could be part of this story as well when he's looking around at his options. Hey, maybe I'll take a little less somewhere else and find a front office that's more willing to put the right weapons around me. We will see. The plot has thickened a little bit with these tweets with Lamar Jackson telling us that he wants out of Baltimore. It doesn't mean that he's going to find himself out of Baltimore. Coming up next year on Joe and Amber, who will be the 49ers starting quarterback next season? Brock Purdy or Trey Lance we might have gotten some clarity on that from the San Francisco 49ers Joe and Amber's on ESPN radio and you can listen to us on the ESPN app Joe and Amber the podcast Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring if you have open roles chances are you're feeling this too that's why you need Robert Half our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sports book of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jet's signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jet's Pizza. Better because it has to be. Rolling along here on Joe and Amber. All you have to do is tell your smart speakers to play ESPN Radio to hear us. Find him on social at Joe Fortenbaugh. You can find me as well at Amber W Sport. So I mentioned earlier in the show, if you miss anything on tonight's show, you can always check out the podcast on the ESPN app. I mentioned that we are getting content on top of content out of these NFL owners meetings, which is the case every year. This seems to be a particularly good one with everyone around microphones. That includes John Lynch. He is the 49ers general manager he of course was asked about the 49ers quarterback situation next season i think brock has earned the right with the way he played that he's probably the leader in the clubhouse at that you know i'll let kyle make those kind of decisions but i know when we talk i think brock's probably earned that right to be the be the guy if we were to line up he'd probably take that first snap and 
Um, really excited about where Trey is at with his uh, progress from his injury. Um, he's been working really hard and, um, you know, uh, love the opportunity to be able to bring in Sam Darnold and his skill set. We think it's a really good fit. And uh, we, we like that. We like that room a lot. I mean, he kind of danced around it a little bit in the end there. Like he said the thing off the top where Brock Purdy has earned, essentially he says Brock Purdy's earned the starter's role, if it's up to me. And then he goes on to talk about the other guys. Well, Trey Lance is progressing as we want to, and, and we're fortunate to have brought in Sam Darnold. I'm excited about him, blah, 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 GM speak, yada, yada. What's important to me, Joe, is what he said off the top where he said that Purdy had earned essentially that starting role. It's obviously not all up to John Lynch. I'm sure Kyle Shanahan has an opinion on this as well, but I'm not surprised to hear that you would move forward with the guy who won so many games for them last season. Not surprising because Purdy looked very good. Um, but I could see how some would say, well, you know, you gave up so much to trade for Trey Lance. How is he not the guy? Don't you want to see what you have there? If you were willing to give up so much to get him, I think that, and this is just my own little personal conspiracy theory, but I think Lynch and Shanahan do an excellent job of covering up the fact that they don't see eye-to-eye on the quarterback situation. I think a couple years ago when they gave up all that draft capital and traded up to get Trey Lance, they were trading up to get Mac Jones. And then something happened in the build-up to the draft where Lynch wanted to stay with Mac Jones and Shanahan wanted to go with Trey Lance. Again, this is just my own little personal conspiracy theory. I know some other people have floated this as well. I'm not saying it's fact, but I think they were split, and I think Shanahan got his way, and I think so far Shanahan doesn't look good with the Trey Lance decision because he's not healthy, he's not playing well, and apparently this seventh-round last-man-standing draft pick in Brock Purdy stepped in and was able to do far more than Lance could do in the same system. So I think right now these two have done an excellent job of at least creating the illusion that they're all on the same page, but I don't think they are. I think there's more there than meets the eye. Maybe I'm crazy. Do you think that secretly then Kyle Shanahan is rooting for Mac Jones to be awful? Because that's the only other thing that helps this component of the... Because it is. it has been reported that they were trading up to get Mac Jones. Like, that that portion isn't just your theory. That portion has been told to us. Then something happened where they fell in love with Trey Lance in the draft process. Now, we don't know who fell in love and who was on I don't think that was a group group falling in love. I think one person fell in love and one person didn't, and that's where the fracture is. Which would make a lot of sense. Now, that portion of the story is Joe Fortenbaugh's personal theory. It makes a lot of sense, though. I could see that tension existing. Mac Jones hasn't exactly been blowing the roof off buildings in New England. He did make a Pro Bowl his first year, but it was kind of a cupcake Pro Bowl bid there as an alternate. Trey Lance, though, hasn't done anything because he can't hardly play in the NFL. So at least Mac Jones is on the field. Like Mac Jones clearly at this point would have been the better fit. We don't know, though, if Trey Lance is going to end up panning out. We may never know if they end up moving forward with Brock Purdy, but I feel like that's a a good problem to have. Like the best problem to have is to have the guy who unexpectedly comes in and wins the job. Even if, yes, you gave up the draft capital to move up. And even though you took Trey Lance where you took him in the first round, if you have a guy that's even better than that who fell into your lap with the last pick in the draft as Mr. Irrelevant, that's not a bad thing. That's a good thing because then you can correct that decision, that earlier decision, the Trey Lance decision that most franchises do not get the opportunity to correct 
look what the New York Jets are going through to try to correct their Zach Wilson decision. I'm sure they would have loved Bailey Zappi or whomever ended up falling to them to be in a position that he went 7-1 and one as a starter like Brock Purdy did for the San Francisco 49ers and looked completely competent running that system. It doesn't matter how you get there. It just matters that you get there exactly. in terms of having a franchise quarterback. Because without a franchise quarterback, you don't win in this sport. You just don't win. You can find mid-level guys like Derek Carr who can middle away for years, but you're not going anywhere. And that's not to say it was Carr's fault, 100% his fault, but you weren't going anywhere. You need a franchise guy if you're going to compete. Jalen Hurts versus Patrick Mahomes in the Super Bowl. Shocker. Brady versus Patrick Mahomes in the Super Bowl. Shocker. Very rare is the situation where the average to below average quarterback gets to the Super Bowl. Very rare. So I don't care how you get there. That's why when teams give up an absolute dump truck full of draft picks and assets to go up and draft a guy at number one overall, I say go get him. If you're convinced that that guy is going to be a franchise QB, you you can't put a price on that at night. Sleeping at night. Do you know what it's like to own or work for the Kansas City Chiefs, putting your head on the pillow every night knowing you have Patrick Mahomes? Imagine being the Bears and having passed on him. It's such a different in a, a difference in a good night's sleep. So I applaud Carolina. Now, Carolina's got to get the pick right at number one. But if they get it right, they get a franchise guy, no one's ever going to look back and say, oh, you gave up too much. No. Kansas City traded up for Patrick Mahomes. Has anyone ever once evaluated that trade and said, <laughs> man, Kansas City gave up a lot? It I doesn't don't even matter. remember it. It doesn't even matter. It doesn't matter. You've got to be able to get the guy. Without the guy at quarterback, you are not winning anything. Nothing. We, we only so, remember the trade-ups that didn't work out, right? right? I mean, that's when we can rattle off off the top of our head what happened in the draft yep. when these things don't pan out, when they gave up too much draft capital. Hey, the 49ers move up and they take Trey Lance. So far, we remember that because it ain't working out. Now, if it ends up working out with Trey Lance, then maybe we're not talking about it. But I do think it's complicated this season because John Lynch makes a lot of sense when he says, Brock Purdy's done enough to essentially earn that starter's nod next season. I mean, the man went 7-1. and one. Like, yes, okay, he looks like he had earned enough. However, he's not probably going to be ready for the start of the season, it doesn't look like. I mean, that elbow injury was a really weird injury for football, but that's a nasty injury from baseball. And so if he's not ready for the start of the season, and then you're starting, then you're forced to start with either Sam Darnold or Trey Lance, you would think if Trey Lance is healthy in that spot, then you're starting with Trey Lance. Then are you going backwards again to Brock Purdy? Because once you go backwards again, it's a wrap. I mean, you can't start Trey Lance and then he's not playing well three games in and Brock Purdy's healthy and now we're going backwards and then still expect to ever get out of Trey Lance what you thought you were going to get out of him when you drafted him. Like At that point, it's the Zach Wilson situation. You need to, like, you're done. You're done, though. You, you can't go back to the guy. You've just ruined his confidence. You're probably close to being in a very bad situation there. Yeah, I, I couldn't disagree with that. I think that the Niners have some flexibility here. They're a very good football team, very well coached. They've got a lot of talent on both sides of the ball. If Purdy's healthy and he's looking good, and he's the guy for week one. He's the guy for week one. I don't think anyone's going to argue that based on what we saw from him last season. But if he stumbles, the Niners are going to have to make a decision. And the longer they wait to make a decision, if it turns out Purdy's a flash in the pan, the longer they wait to make a decision on switching over to Lance, that tells us Lance is not ready. That tells us Lance does not have the confidence of the coaching staff to get in there. 
This is going to be one of the most intriguing positional battles we have seen in quite some time because the Niners are going to have to make some very difficult decisions. And this is not a team that's looking to make the jump from five wins to eight wins. This is a team looking to win a Super Bowl. That could be the difference between the one seed and going on the road in the NFC Championship game, which last year didn't work out very well for them. Those decisions that San Francisco has to make regarding that quarterback room this upcoming season are very, very delicate decisions. Joe and Amber's presented by Progressive Insurance and brought to you by Wendy's Two for Six Bucks, the best deal in fast food. Coming up next, Luca sounded sad. We'll get into it. This is ESPN Radio. Joe and Amber, the podcast. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Probably letting the music ride a little too long. I tend to do that when I like, I get lost. I'm like, oh, right. I'm not a DJ. I'm a sports radio host. Joe and Amber on ESPN Radio. Find him on social at Joe Fortenbaugh. You can find me as well at Amber W Sports. There is a ton of news out of the NBA. We thought we'd have a little fun here and get to some of it. Bring in our producer, James Steele. Hey, yeah. Also, so, the other oh, reason I let the wow. music just ride extra long there, by the way, is because I was so tuned out from the show because I was tuning you guys out the entire break. Because once again, you guys were spending the break talking about wrestling. Amber. So I didn't. I wasn't even fully aware we were back. Amber, your it, loss. It is your loss is all I see there. a week, so mm. get used to it. I'm Do you want us to not I'm... talk about the Super Bowl when the Super Bowl comes up next year, Amber? <laughs> is that what you'd advise? Exactly. I'm sure that's the same thing, guys. <laughs> It's exactly the same thing. <laughs> it's, a, it's a very good analogy. Very good analogy. Okay, so there's a few NBA topics we wanted to talk about. And uh, the first one is uh, Sad Luca. Listen to how sad he sounded after the uh, Mavs lost to the Hornets a few nights ago. It's really frustrating. Uh, you know, I think you can see it with me on the court. Uh, sometimes I, I don't feel it's me. You know, just being out there. You know, I used to have really fun smiling on court, but it's just been so frustrating, maybe for a lot of reasons, not just basketball. I think winning brings you joy. Uh, when you win games, you're happy, the locker room's happy, and you're just having fun on the court and playing together. All right, so Amber, what do you uh, what do you think about Sad Luca here? My God, I'm depressed now. I thought we were. I mean, we've been having fun on this show. It's been an easy breezy kind of show. There's been a lot to talk about, and then Luca, woo, just brought down the entire mood. It's funny to me because in the beginning of the soundbite, he sounds like he hates playing basketball now, and one could leap to the conclusion that you hate playing basketball with Kyrie Irving because <laughs> the timing of all of this. And then he makes sure to say on the back end of that, that it's not just basketball, that he's got other things going on. I'm sure he doesn't want us jumping to that conclusion, but clearly something has changed here in Dallas and he's used to being the ball hog. Maybe he's not enjoying having to share that ball and he's not enjoying that the Mavs aren't the championship type team that we expected maybe they'd be with Kyrie Irving joining that squad. So I think the best thing, for them right now is to just shut down this season, 
punt, tank off the final few games, and then sit down with Luka in the offseason and try to figure out how they want to build this thing moving forward. Because if you end up wanting to trade him away, you get a bunch of picks in return, but it's so fickle drafting NBA players. So fickle. Like, yeah, How often do you hit in the second round, right? I mean, how often do you – we see you guys don't. miss at the top all the time. All the time. I mean, these kids are so young. It's so hard to project how they're going to be as professionals. So I would shut this thing down. I think you made a huge mistake with Kyrie Irving, mostly not, not just so much because it's not working out. I mean, they're 7-13 and 13 since he arrived. Their defense is way worse than it was when he got there. But everyone knew it was a mistake. Everybody, every idiot on radio, myself at the front of the line, knew this was a mistake. And I don't know anything about building rosters in the NBA. It was as far as the eye could see, you knew this was going to be a problem, and yet they went ahead and did it anyway. They gave up their best defender in Dorian Finney-Smith in order to get him. He can walk this summer. It was a terrible move by Dallas. They have been screwing up left and right. Even if they stumble into the playoffs, and right now they're on the outside looking into the play-in, they're not going anywhere. So I would punt on the rest of the season, I'd move on from Irving, and I'd sit down with Luka and try to figure out how you're going to make this thing work moving forward. The guy is clearly clearly out of gas. He had a deep playoff run last year. He played for his national team in August, I believe, the Slovenian squad. Uh, He was in Eurobasket in September. Then he jumps into training camp. He doesn't take great care of himself from a physical standpoint. If you watch him defensively, he's very lazy. He's not in the best of shape. Now, he's an elite player, but he's not in the best of shape compared to some of these other guys. I would punt on the rest of this season and try to figure out how to make him happy and build this thing up moving forward. Because if you give up on him, he's generational. You're not going to find you, – you, you search the draft for a Luka Doncic. You don't give him up and then go back to the drawing board. I think him not taking care of himself, frankly, is not enough of a story because I hardly ever hear anybody mention it. And I agree with you wholeheartedly. Kyrie hasn't even been playing bad. It's just obviously not enough of a good fit and they don't have enough – with this roster to get it done, Kyrie is going to be that player that you end up seeing as so wildly talented with one championship and a whole bunch of different teams. And he got the one championship, of course, alongside LeBron. But I think really the crime here was letting Jalen Brunson go because that looks like a terrible move when we're mentioning the bad moves by the Dallas Mavericks. That looks like one of their even worse moves, I would say, than trying with Kyrie. James? Yeah, so they went all in, right? Um, Is that it didn't work out. But is that more likely to, like, prove to Luca? That's that why you're in it to 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 you know build a winner. Even right, you're trying you to help him. It doesn't work out. Like I don't think do he's do concerned. I don't think he's concerned about their want to. I think he's concerned about whether or not they have the aptitude to pull this off. He might look at them and say, "Yeah, I'm glad you guys want to build this thing up, but you're inept." I mean, how many coaches have I had? How many front office changes have I gone through? How many play- Like, Jalen Brunson was really good. We mm-hmm. went to the Western Conference Finals. You let him go. And then we brought in Kyrie Irving, and now we're not going anywhere. And it's not to all fall on Irving's plate, but, you know, I might look at it and say, I'm glad you're all the way in, but you're inept. You can't figure it out. I want out. Not going to surprise me. 
Jalen Brunson was eligible for a four-year, $55.5 million extension last season before he exploded in his fourth year as the second option behind Luka Doncic, and then they end up letting him walk for nothing after that. I mean, a huge bumble by them, because you're right. They were in the Western Conference Finals. It's not like it's been a complete failure. They were in the Western Conference Finals, but now they're in a position where they're just not even going to make a postseason. Kyrie Irving and Luka Doncic on that roster, it's an ugly situation in Dallas. I do think bringing in Kyrie at least – they could try to sell it to Luca. Listen, we tried. Like, we're trying. We're willing to spend the money. We're willing to trade things away, even if we weren't willing to spend the money with Jalen. James? Yeah, so uh, LeBron made his return to the lineup uh, this weekend. Um, the Lakers lost to the Bulls, but LeBron played 30 minutes. He had 19 points. Uh, and he was asked about, uh, about his foot in uh, the postgame press conference. Did anyone ever suggest surgery? Yeah, two doctors. Why did you decide against it? Because I went to LeBron James' feet, and he told me I should. I don't, I don't know what that means, but I thought it was funny. Uh, I think he's just trying to say he went to the greatest doctor of all time, and that guy told him that he shouldn't. That's what he's trying to say. <laughs> gotcha. All right. Well, I it's thought not, it was It's funny. not just that. There's a quote in there where he talks about how the doc. I think the doctor said something to him like, I've never seen anyone heal this fast from this type of injury. Oh, like how Well, he's such a great healer oh, that we should all just marvel oh, at barf. the Wolverine-esque prowess that is – LeBron James's ability what? to heal because he's built of adamantium. Do you not get that the reference, ego. Amber? I mean, do you, listen, are you unfamiliar with the X Men? The do I do not have no any idea what you're talking about For with the, the love X-Men. of God I, between wrestling and X Men and superhero you? movies generally. Like I am out because what can I, we again, talk about with you? Vegetables? I don't know. Cool, and cool what? stuff. Being cool. Uh, being awesome. Uh, the WWE and X Men. Those are two awesome things. Very a lot nice. of people, Triple H, not ASPN, being a nerd, living boy. in my mother's basement. So the, LeBron right having there. an ego when you are the greatest player of your generation and arguably the greatest player of all time, don't at me. Him having an ego is fine. Like he's earned an ego, but it is, it, I mean, it's comical because that's it's all awesome. LeBron's doing. Like yeah. it's, it's just LeBron being just egomaniac LeBron. <laughs> Like, I went to the LeBron James defeat. Do you think that guy I've started off healed. working on like shoulders and then he couldn't he couldn't do well enough with the shoulders, so he moved to the knees and then he won his titles with the knees and then he had to move on to the feet? Or has he always been involved with the feet? Do you think that guy calls himself the LeBron James defeat or the Michael Jordan defeat? Oh, that's even better. That's outstanding. I'm I'm just gonna let that one just hang in the air. It was so good. <laughs> just let that one hang in the air. Nobody say anything for at least two seconds. All right, dead air is probably not a good That's, idea. Uh, the alarms are going to ring in the yeah, in the control idea. room. Bristol's going to freak out in a second. James, do you have uh, another NBA <laughs> nugget to throw our way? Yeah, Joel Embiid is out tonight, which is a disappointment because we were going to see uh, Jokic against Giannis and the Nuggets beat the Bucks on uh, Saturday, and then we were going to get Jokic against Embiid. Like the three, um, the three top MVP candidates. Uh, we're kind of going to be connected this weekend, but Embiid is out tonight. Is uh, I don't is he scared? Is, he, is, he is that bit, the question? Is he scared? A little bit scared. I, I feel like he is. Like, why aren't we getting this matchup, Joe? I feel like the Sixers are scared for us to see it, and Embiid scared or something of that head to head. This is a joke. This is an absolute joke. Okay, uh, the Warrior, the Sixers could have rested Embiid on Saturday. They played a back to back. They played Friday at the Warriors. They lost. Then they played Saturday at Phoenix. They lost. 
Okay, They could have rested him in Phoenix, and he could have played this game. I do not... I do not like the direction this sport is going with all of these marquee matchups constantly failing to materialize because guys need to rest. Like, enough. Enough with this crap. Like, we were supposed to, earlier in the season, we were supposed to get Giannis versus Jokic, and then Jokic got the night off because he had played so many games in a row. Start setting up the schedule so that the stars play the stars. Everyone in the business is talking about the MVP between these two. This would have been Awesome to watch, and instead, yet another game is ruined because one of the stars can't go because he needs a night off. So I don't. We were having fun. We were we were having some laughs and some jokes. This pisses me off to no end that this game is not taking place. And I think ultimately this is going to cost him be the MVP because he was a minus two twenty favorite to win the award prior to this news, and now that he's missing this game, Jokic is right there with them. They're both like minus one ten right now. It's I hate a this joke. I hate this as much as you do. It's a joke. It's an absolute joke. I understand that these players have to take care of their bodies. I understand the concepts behind load management. I understand that they are concerned about the longevity of their careers. But at the end of the day, this whole sport is going to be affected when you are harming the product for the consumer over and over and over and over again. I know those TV dollars look huge right now. But if you lose the eyeballs and you lose the next generation because we never get the matchups that we won and the big star start going away because we're not seeing them play enough or we're not seeing them on the nights that we show up to the arena eventually eventually your sport will take a hit and if you're Adam Silver you need to consider that not just today but also the future of your sport and where this thing is headed when we never get these one-on-ones that we want and that these superstars are always sitting out on the nights that we want them to play most coming up next your turn to weigh in we open up the phone lines to you does that anger you as much as it anger me and Joe Fortenbaugh. What else angers you or gets you going? Triple eight, say ESPN eight 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 seven two nine three seven seven six. The phone lines are open here on Joe and Amber on ESPN Radio. Joe and Amber, the podcast. Phone lines are open. We love when you chime into the show. Triple eight, say ESPN eight eight eight. Seven two nine three seven seven six. We're gonna get to your phone calls in just moments, but first, Joe is gonna try to earn you some money, honey. Pizza money alert. Pizza, pizza. Nice weekend. Four and three overall, but plus three point five units. We have to count our golf futures, which were half unit wagers. We lost those, but we hit big on that Jose Ramirez fight. Uh, by stoppage was plus two hundred. Inside the distance was plus 150. So we made three and a half units, which means overall the show is 56 and 59. We don't have a 500 record, but we are profitable. Plus 6.1 units overall. Just one pizza money bet tonight. Devin Booker of the Phoenix Suns going under five and a half assists. Here's all you need to know. When Booker's on the court with Chris Paul and Kevin Durant, he's averaging 7.7 assists per game this season. When he's on the floor with Chris Paul and no Kevin Durant, that number falls all the way to 4.7 assists per game. All the way. There's no Kevin Durant tonight, but there is Chris Paul. This is a plus money wager, great value. Devin Booker under 5.5 assists at plus 110. 13 black odd, no winner. Spin the wheel, make a deal. It's a game of chance. Let's play. Call a roulette with Joe and Amber. Triple H, say ESPN, let's spin it. 
Billy. Billy is in New Mexico. Billy, thanks for the call. What do you have for us? Hey, thank you guys for having me. I, I totally agree with you guys. These these NBA players that want to take nights off and they want to, you know, this load management stuff, I get it. They're tired and all that good stuff. But let the NBA just cut the games back by 10. These guys got to play, man. I know they're a new era. They're, they're a new generation. But back in the day, I never saw anyone take days off. They played because it meant something. So if the games don't mean anything anymore, it's just cut back on them. Yeah, a lot of people say that. A lot of people reference the old era. I mean, I'm not one that necessarily subscribes to that thought process, Joe, because I get that we know a lot more now about taking care of our bodies. We know a lot more about science. I'm sure back then, if they had known everything that we know now, they probably would have been a bit more concerned about how to elongate their careers as well. Clearly, LeBron James doing what he does pays off, right? Because he's still playing at the clip he's playing at here in his late 30s. That being said, you can't allow it to harm the product as much as it is. So you have to find some sort of balance. And if it's shortening the season, then it's shortening the season. But this stuff is starting to feel like it's, I don't give a bleep. Like Embiid's not sitting out of this game, this particular game, because he needs to save his body. He could have sat out the last two games as well. He's doing it because he doesn't want to give us the matchup that we all want to see with Doncic. Like, that's it. That's I, I, I'm not at all. I don't care if guys want to load manage. I don't care. Load manage against the Spurs. Load manage against the Rockets. Load manage against the Hornets when no one's watching and no one gives a crap because those teams are tanking. And you know what? In those games, then you get valuable minutes for guys who don't normally get on the floor, and it's still a winnable situation. Don't load manage when it's Embiid versus Jokic and they're the front runners for the MVP award, which is going to be given out in a couple weeks. Don't load manage in those games. We want to see the big games. I want to see Alabama play LSU. I do not care about Alabama versus Vanderbilt. You can load manage all you want. Just stop doing it in the big matchups. The two front runners for the MVP. At the end of the season, when we're in a postseason race for seeding, and they are load managing, it is, I, I mean, it's, it's disgraceful. It, there's no other way to say it. It is disgraceful. Let's spin it. John. John is in Montana. John, thanks for the call. Go ahead. Hey, guys. Love the show. Really love the show. I uh, just want to give two takes and see what you guys think. One, I, I can't believe McDaniels gets let's, – let's go of Carr, no compensation. Waller, a third-round pick. Both these guys were in the, the Pro Bowl. And then, uh, you know, what's going on with Cronin? This, this Final Four had UCLA written all over it. It's got three guys that are coming back for their third year. Uh, and, and nobody – Drew Timmy's like he's putting on a practice for a group of junior high schoolers. Nobody dropped down to cover him. Cronin was consistently going with the one-on-one coverage. Uh, I think he really failed as the coach. Uh, you need to drop down and double-team that guy. I just want to get your take, and I love the show. Thanks, guys. Well, thank you for the call and for the compliments. We always very much appreciate those. I mean, it's easy to nitpick the teams that have so many starters returning, Joe, but the truth is this March has been complete madness. I don't know whether it well comes said, down. It's almost like someone should brand it that. Uh, it's crazy, right? Isn't it crazy how yeah. that happens? It's all this madness in March. It's almost like you might be onto something there. I mean, I guess um, I feel I feel har- I feel like this particular March is harder to pile on the coaches in this scenario because this tournament's been so unpredictable. 
I mean, Gonzaga's been awesome. They're they're in the Elite Eight like every single year. They've been to the finals. They just don't win, and I understand Mark Few takes heat for that, and people think the team can't get it done. They're consistently good. Only one team wins every year, but I will say to that caller, get that man a radio show. He called in. He dropped like three takes on us in like a minute. That was very well done. It was very well done. Uh, So let's spin the wheel. Mordecai is in Raleigh. Mordecai, you got 30 seconds. Yeah, hey, uh, hey, I just so I just want to say real quick, I'm a big fan of Aaron Rodgers and I'm a big fan of Lamar Jackson. So I just want to say I'm hoping that both of them get every single penny that's coming to them. And I enjoy listening to them, listen to them having everybody twist in the wind. I love it all. Well, we actually love it from a content perspective as well. They are the gifts, Joe, that keep on giving. No doubt. Those two, we can ride that forever, and then eventually it's going to be drama surrounding Burrow or Hertz or Herbert. It's fantastic. This has been the Joe and Amber Podcast. You can listen to Joe and Amber live weeknights from 7 to 9 p.m. Eastern. Plus, you can listen on the ESPN app, Sirius XM Channel 80, or on your smart speaker. Joe and Amber, the podcast. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today.